Hello, this is Representative Pam Powers Hanley. Welcome to my podcast, A View from the Left Side. For many years in the Arizona House, my seat was on the far left side of the chamber. As a progressive Democrat and one of the most independent representatives in the House, I always believed that that was a fitting seat for me. This podcast features in-depth interviews with newsmakers from all walks of life, as well as political and social commentary. Thanks for joining me on the left side today. This podcast is a compilation of legislative updates that were recorded between April 18, 2022, and May 31, 2022. Three of these updates focus on the budget process in the Arizona legislature. It is still stalled because the House Republican Caucus is fractured, and there is no collaboration between the House and Senate Republican leadership. There are rumors of another Republican budget, but no bills have been dropped, and a recent leaked spreadsheet likely doesn't have the votes to pass. The problem is that libertarians don't want to spend money on anything, despite great need in our state and a $5 billion surplus. More moderate Republicans, many of whom are running for statewide office or Congress, think that spending a little money is probably a good idea. Like, for example, maybe we should throw a little bit towards public education or maternal and child health. Democrats aren't likely to support a budget that doesn't include significant investment in public education. In my opinion, Prop 208, which was taken down by the Republicans, would have given around $900 million to public education. That is my starting point. Any budget that does not include full restoration of funds that would have been put towards public education through Prop 208 is a non-starter in my opinion. It's June 7th. We have until June 30th to figure this out. Stay tuned. Enjoy these updates. It'll give you the groundwork for what is going on in the legislature right now in the waning weeks of the session. Grover Norquist tax pledge is unrealistic in a tax giveaway state. Recorded April 18, 2022. Often I do my videos about bills that we are debating in the House or in committee or bad ideas that are happening. Well, today's video is a little bit different because it's about a nationwide movement that's been going on for quite a long time. You might have heard of Grover Norquist. He was the one who famously said many, many years ago that government should be starved and made so small that it could be strangled and drowned in a bathtub. So this is the guy that has led the no new taxes and let's cut taxes pledges and drives across the country for 
decades, really. I was kind of surprised to see on my desk today a pledge from Grover Norquist on the floor of the House. I think it's inappropriate that state workers, the pages, were distributing these pledges for a political action committee to members of the floor of the House today, but this is a taxpayer protection pledge from Grover Norquist, and it reads, I will oppose and vote against any and all efforts to increase taxes. So that sounds like a pretty good pledge. So what's wrong with this? What's wrong with this is that we have a problem in the state of Arizona with people voting to give away your taxes. And then when we have to pay for schools or pay for bridges or pay for roads or pay for health care or pay for maternal and child health for the people who are living on access, we don't have the money because we've given it away. We are just gung-ho on tax breaks for the wealthy and tax breaks for the corporations. I have voted against every tax break of any stripe because we have lots of names for tax breaks in the state of Arizona, right? There's tax breaks, tax giveaways, tax cuts, tax subtractions, a tax shift. And so anyway, there's lots of ways to give away taxes. And so the reason why somebody in the state of Arizona might say that we have to increase taxes is that other people have given away literally billions of dollars in taxes and they continue to do this. Often you'll see a tax switch. You've seen this in Pima County also, not just in the state legislature, where a supervisor will say, oh, let's lower the property taxes. And then in order to make that revenue neutral, let's raise the sales tax. This happens all the time. And why do politicians want to raise sales tax? Because sales tax are primarily a tax on the poor, not a tax on the wealthy. Poor people are too busy scrambling around trying to make money to hire lobbyists. So that's why their taxes go up. Grover Norquist might be a tax hawk, but he's not an editor. And you know what? I'm an editor. So I changed his pledge to make it more realistic to what's going on in the state of Arizona. Now, the Taxpayer Protection Pledge reads, I will oppose and vote against any and all efforts to give away your taxes because that increases your taxes. That is the crux of the problem. We don't necessarily want to increase your taxes. We want to invest the taxes that you have paid to us and to make your tax dollars work for the state of Arizona and work for you. This tax pledge from Grover Norquist is just another drop in the bucket for encouraging politicians to be weak-kneed and say that they won't increase taxes just to get elected. You know what? The state of Arizona has plenty of money. We don't need to increase your taxes. What we need to do is we need to invest your taxes into things that will help improve your lives and improve the state of Arizona. Right now, we are in a trajectory to the bottom, especially in the schools, but in many other things too. We have people who are looking at the amount of money the state currently has in its coffers and trying to think of any sort of scheme to give it away. We have hundreds of millions of dollars in tax credits that people want to pass still this year. They want to bring back the flat tax. And so this is a bad idea. We need to invest in Arizona instead of giving your money away. Republicans propose austerity budget. Why? Recorded April 19, 2022. Today is day 100. You might remember that the Arizona legislature has an annual goal of finishing our business for the session in 100 days. Well, 
we're still here. So we did not make that deadline this year. But one thing is that we are making at least a tiny bit of progress on the budget. The budget has finally popped up on the agenda and there is a sort of a starter budget uh, going on. You might remember that back in January, the Financial Advisory Committee told the legislature and the JLBC that we have $1 billion in ongoing funding to spend and $2 billion in one-time funding. Great news. In April, the same committee met and they said that we have even more money than they thought we did. And we now have $1.39 billion in ongoing funding to spend and $3.6 billion in one-time funding. So you'd think that we would invest in some of the things that the state needs, you know, like public education. No, that's not what this budget does. One thing that's interesting is that this is an austerity budget, even though we're not in austerity and we don't need to be in austerity because, you know, we have $5 billion. So it's kind of weird because this is presented as a skinny budget. You might remember that back in 2020, we passed a skinny budget, which was just a replica of the previous year's budget. And then we left town because it was 2020 and COVID was raging all over the place. Even though this is sort of proposed as a skinny budget that's all numbers and not such a big deal, it still includes some very controversial items. For example, the flat tax which the people are trying to challenge at the ballot box in November 2022, is baked into this budget in different places. This also has unnecessary funding for the Koch Brothers Freedom Schools at all three universities. It still has results-based funding, which favors high-performing schools and doesn't help low-performing schools. And it also includes money for the fake pregnancy clinics. So all that stuff is bad. But the problem is that it also doesn't include the good stuff. You might have listened to my podcast from last fall when we were talking about the amount of money that the state has and that perhaps with cash in the coffers, we might invest in maternal and child health. Finally, you also might remember that from a couple of my uh, videos earlier this session, that there are bipartisan bills that support funding in maternal and child health. For example, the bill that would extend postpartum medical care for a year and bring us up to sort of the national average for this would save lives. Funding for that is not in this budget. You might remember that also healthy families helps moms be better moms. This was in Ducey's proposal. This is not in this budget. Other things that are not in it, funding for public education. You also might remember that the Republicans fought Prop 208, even though the people passed it at the ballot box. The Republicans were victorious in taking it down in the courts. So Prop 208 is gone, even though we spent years trying to get it on the ballot and we passed it. They got rid of it. The voters wanted more money to go into public education and Prop 208 would have put $900 million into K-12 public education. We have $5 billion. This budget could put $900 million into K-12, which is what the voters said they wanted, but it doesn't. That's not in there. It also doesn't have money for the housing trust fund. It doesn't have money for the homeless. It doesn't have money for eviction relief. It doesn't have infrastructure except for a few pet projects. 
It does not expand cash assistance to the poor. It doesn't address chronic poverty. There is a lot not to like about this budget. The biggest thing for me is that when we have so much need and we have $5 billion that we're basically leaving it on the table, why would we do that? Why would we leave $5 billion on the table when our state has so much need? Divided Republican Party delays budget and drags out the session. Recorded May 18, 2022. My last video was about the skinny budget, the austerity budget the Republicans were trying to pass back in April. I recorded the video on April 19, almost exactly a month ago, and updated it on April 26 when that budget went down in flames with Republicans and Democrats voting against it, and even the Republicans who voted for it said they didn't like it because it didn't include their pet projects. For example, Representative Gail Griffin, who is in Cochise County, said that she was going to vote for it, but she didn't like that skinny budget because it didn't have border security and building the wall in it. Others, like Representative Joanne Osborne, said that she was voting for it, but she wanted to see a budget that had those expenditures for maternal and child health that went through the Health and Human Services Committee in the budget because they were not in the austerity budget. I agree with Osborne. That money for maternal and child health should be in there. There was also not significant investment in education, even though we have $5 billion in the coffers. Why aren't we investing it? So right now we're in a holding pattern. Since April 4th, we've had very sketchy schedules We have been not been working four days a week, which is what we usually do. Some weeks we have one day. A couple of weeks we were supposed to come in on Monday and Thursday, which is a really inconvenient schedule for people who are living outside of Maricopa County. Right now we're still in a holding pattern. The Republicans refuse to negotiate with the Democrats, although we hear rumors that they are talking with some of the Democrats. They have some really intransigent members of the libertarian wing of the Republican Party who really just don't want to spend money on anything. And I don't think that that's where the people of Arizona are. Those people are also into the voter suppression bills. Things are not going the way the Republicans had planned. You have these competing forces. And what the Republicans have done every year that I've been here is that they strong arm their members into all locking arms and voting on the budget together without any Democrats. Well, that's not working this year because they have some extreme members who have some very different ideas on how the state should operate. There are sort of four parties in the legislature, and I have said this before. We have the corporate Democrats and the corporate Republicans sort of in the middle who would just love to give away more taxes. If they could send that $5 billion out to their buddies, they would. And that we have big tax breaks waiting in the wings to be passed. So lots of people have their eyes on that $5 billion. But then on the edges, you have the libertarians who don't want to spend money on anything and would like to cut the budget, even though we have $5 billion that we could spend. And then you have the progressives who would like to see schools fully funded, maternal and child health care fully funded, so women stop dying in childbirth, infrastructure, maybe some roads, right? The Republicans were successful in taking down Prop 208 in the courts. The voters said they wanted almost a billion dollars put into public education with Prop 208 funds. Since they took that 
propped down in the courts, and we have $5 billion, including over a billion dollars in ongoing, I think at the top of the budget list, should be fully funding public education with a billion dollars a year ongoing because we have it and we need to fund our schools. We need to fund our universities. We need an educated populace for the future. We don't want a state full of people who are just, I hate to use a Republican word, sheeple, who just follow along and believe we need people who have critical thinking skills, who have an education, who can ask questions, who can decide for themselves whether this is what they want their government to do, rather than just following special interest groups and talking points that they hear on the radio. It's, uh, like I said, May 18. We have to have the budget done by June 30th. Things are going very slowly. Today is Wednesday, and we are adjourned until next Tuesday. I don't know how this is going to end, so stay tuned. Hopefully, the budget will be good for the people of Arizona. That's what I'll be fighting for. House hears seven election bills. Budget remains stalled. Recorded May 17, 2022 and updated on May 31, 2022. You may have realized that we've had kind of a sketchy schedule recently. Well, actually since like the beginning of April. And so there've been many weeks where we only had like one or two votes or one or two bills. Why is that? It's because the Republicans can't decide on the budget amongst themselves. And so last year, you might remember that the Democrats complained quite a bit that there were 28 days, almost an entire month's worth of work, where we came in and we did pledge and pray and we did no votes. Well, this year, they're letting out the votes in little drips and drabs, one or two here and there. So we don't just have days with pledge and pray this year, but we do have many days with very little work. Today, what we did have is seven different voting-related bills. You might have read the article that was in the Arizona Mirror recently that celebrated county recorders and their fight against the red state legislators who are trying to take away our rights to vote. And it included Arizona in there. And I wanted to write to them and say, hey, Sparky, we're not over yet. Anything can happen in the Arizona legislature and often does in the waning weeks of the session. As I said, we had seven different election related bills, some good, some bad, some, you know, kind of in between. But what's exciting, though, is that three of the seven bills didn't pass. Yay! And why is that? Is it because they were just really horrible bills? Well, no, not so much. They didn't pass because two Republicans were not here. And so Representatives Hoffman and Parker, who are two of the most extreme libertarians on the Republican side, are holdouts on the budget. Hoffman has said that we're spending way too much money, and even though there's all this need in our state, he wants to cut the budget. And so they are not voting, which causes Republican bills to die. There was even some talk that they were going to go out and try to find Hoffman and Parker to bring them back. And we kind of hung around waiting for them to bring them back, but they didn't. So anyway, seven bills. So the ones that died are SB 1013, which is Secretary of State Federal Form. And this says that the Secretary of State should write to the feds and 
tried to get some sort of a citizenship question uh, in the federal election. Another one that died is SB 1260. This is Registration's Early Voting Move Notice. And so this is similar to one that came up last year. And this is a thing where, for example, if you're a parent and you have a college-age child and they have a registration in Arizona still, you know, and their ballot comes to you, if you forward it, you could get into trouble. This bill is a little different this year because it says if you mail the ballot, knowing that they are registered someplace else, then you get into trouble. Another one that failed was uh, SB 1362. This is early ballot on-site tabulation. And so this says that if you have your mail-in ballot on election day still, and you have not mailed it, that you can bring it to any polling place and expect them to tabulate your ballot right there while you wait. And so usually, if you have a paper ballot that you didn't mail, you put it in a bin, and then it is counted after election day, or maybe the night of election day, if you're lucky. I think what we really need is a good standard statewide process for what happens to those ballots that were dropped off at the polling place, and what happens to the ones that maybe have a messed up signature and this and that. What we found out last year was that counties had sort of different processes in how they manage the ballots that they have sitting there after election day. So that one also failed. Some of the ones that passed, there was 1329, which uh, says that the county recorders should put the tabulations up as things are going on. So this way, you know, you can go to their website and say, oh my God, look, oh, it's close or whatever. And you can get an idea of how many more still have to be counted. So that's that's a good bill. Another one that passed, which I'm still a little leery of, is SB 1008. This changes the margins for recounts. I didn't really see a lot of math on this as to how this change would happen. So I'm a little bit concerned about it. I get it. You know, some races are decided by so few votes, you know, but this seems like kind of a quick fix that may have a hidden uh, consequences to me. Another one that I didn't particularly like is SB 1170. This allows the Game and Fish Department to do voter registration because, you know, hunting and fishing are just like voting, right? So I I think that 1170 had a little bit of a single subject issue to it because it was about transferring big game tags to gold star children. That's a kid who lost his parent in the war. And it also includes voter registration and it includes fee waivers for military personnel. So that's three different subjects as far as I'm concerned. With the game and fish thing, what I don't like about this is that First of all, the Republicans are very concerned about people going door to door and registering people to vote. They also don't like the big events where there'll be a voter registration table. I don't see how having voter registration handled by untrained retail clerks in stores across the state, I don't see how that is any less risky than having a table at a community event where people fill out the voter registration form. 1477, this is voter registration and felonies. This is about people losing their rights or gaining their rights to vote. So it was a mixed bag. There was some voter suppression. There was some stuff that was not so bad. And we have three bills now that failed, but are going to be brought up for reconsideration. So anything can happen up here. Postscript, May 31, 2022. Hoffman and Parker showed up for work 
and helped pass the three failed voter suppression bills and the ban on critical race theory on May 25, 2022. On the budget front, there is still no budget deal within the Republican caucus of the Arizona legislature. Rumors abound that Republican leadership is negotiating with a handful of Democrats to pass a compromise budget. How can any Democrats sign on to a budget that includes no significant funding for public education after the demise of Prop 208, Invest in Ed? To complicate matters, Governor Ducey now says that he wants action on the Arizona Water Authority before he will entertain a budget. We expect Republican drama and random schedules to continue through the month of June. Thanks so much for tuning in to A View from the Left Side today. If you enjoyed the show, please consider liking this podcast on social media and becoming a subscriber. This is Representative Pam Powers Hanley signing off. Until next time, please take care of yourself, stay healthy, and stay vigilant.